Why don't we reach out our hands this morning and just reach out our hands as a sign of surrender? Holy Spirit, we ask you in this place this morning that you would touch every heart. I pray you'd encourage us. I pray you'd challenge us. I pray you'd build our faith. I pray, Jesus, that we would fall more in love with you. That our passion and desire for you would grow in this place today. Lord, we thank you for your word that it's powerful to transform and to shift things in our hearts and in our minds. We ask for it to do that today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You know, I was just thinking about you, Rena and Alfred, as we were praying and uh, just through the worship then. You're both such an incredible, faithful couple. Just thought of the word faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I know when you look to your future, I sense at times there's things where you think, oh, I don't know, what's, what, what are we meant to do? What's the big picture? Where are we meant to go? What are we meant to do? What are we? And I just, I just believe that God is, is guiding, directing. He's making clear pathways. He's opening up opportunities. He's taking care of details. There's no panic. There's no worry. God is going before you in all of those ways. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Your faithfulness is positioning you in a place to be ready to go, to move, to, to respond to all that God wants for you. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Lord, I thank you for this incredible couple. I pray for Alfred and Rena. I thank you that you put them in a position, Lord God, of faithfulness, Lord God, that they are, they are serving you and outworking their faith, Lord God. And I pray that you guide, direct, maneuver, put things in place for them, Lord, open opportunities for them. I pray for your blessing and favor to be upon them and lives will be impacted and changed as they already are from their ministry and their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. I forgot to pray for the Newcastle Knights, for them playing the Panthers this Thursday night. So I expect church you to be on your knees this week, praying with me, believing for a Newcastle Knights victory. Where's the faith in the room? Where's the, where's the support? <laughs> Well, welcome to church this morning. It's great to be in church together. And this morning, I want to speak a message entitled, The Fight of Faith for Your Future. The Fight of Faith for Your Future. So I believe over the last 12 months or so that our faith has been under assault from the enemy. That we've seen a lot of people that have perhaps been isolated or their faith has been shaken. It's been testing times. It's been tough times. Not just for our church, small letter C, but the church, big letter C. It's been a challenging time. The world, it's been a challenging time. And I think it's a time where we are, have got to make the decision to activate our faith. It's a personal responsibility to do that. Faith is not an autopilot setting. It's a manual setting. And we can make the decision to be passive in our faith, or we can make the decision to be active in our faith. I love what it says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold. There's an activeness about that. There's a sense that I am doing something with that. Our faith is powerful. We are saved by grace 
through faith. It's actually our decision to put our faith in Jesus Christ that has brought about our salvation. And it's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to live out your faith. It's like kind of having a garage at home where you've got a car in it. And having that car in the garage is like having a car. I have a car. It's fantastic. But that car was never just made to be situated in your garage and to sit there. That car was made to drive. It was made to get out on the open roads. It was meant to take you places. It was meant to help you experience things. That car was there to get out of the garage. And it's great to have it and to know that it's there, but we've got to take it out. We've got to activate that faith. We've got to use our faith. We've got to live out our faith in our day-to-day life. Now, here's the thing. Living out our faith is like taking that car out of the garage. There's risk to it. There's risks to the elements. The elements would impact your car. There's risk that you could crash the car. There's risk that you, as you take that car out of the garage, there's dangers all around. There is risk that is there. But the truth is that car was made to be out on the road. It's the same with your faith. It's great. The decision that you've made to follow Jesus, whenever that was, that was a turning point in your life and that was powerful. But if we just camp there and never live out of our faith, we are being robbed from all that God has for us. You know, it says in the Bible that the enemy, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's what his mission plan is for your faith. That he's, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to steal away your faith. But I love this passage of Scripture where it talks about fighting the good fight of faith. Because there's an activeness about that. In a fight, you're either going forwards or you're going backwards. In a fight, there's no middle way. You're either throwing punches and pushing someone. Sam, come up here for a second. I want to beat you up for a moment. If I'm attacking Sam, which would be an easy fight, by the way. Uh, if I was attacking Sam and pushing him, well, look at him, he's trying to... Uh, if I'm pushing him, if I'm pushing him backwards and I'm knocking him, I'm moving forward. But if he's coming at me, which would be easy to deflect, maybe we'll have a fight after, the sec- after this service and we'll just see who wins. There's an activeness about that faith. If I'm pushing, if I'm fighting, I'm moving forward. If, if he's attacking, I'm moving backwards. It's the same with our faith. You're never just sitting still. You can't just drift. You have to make a decision to activate your faith, to move forward in your faith, to understand that God's got plans and purposes for your life. You have to make a decision because if you're not moving forward, then you're moving backwards. I think for all of us, it's a personal challenge to say, you know what, I'm not going to just go on autopilot. Because drifting is dangerous. You know, it says in Scripture here, therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. It's so easy to drift. You think about somebody that's on the, on the beach and they get swept out in a rip in the water. They move from a, a safe position to a really dangerous position really quickly. And as they drift out, as they get sucked out, as that rip takes them out into the water, they move from that strong position. It's the same for us in our faith. We can find ourselves at times being ripped out, being drifting away from all that God has for us, and we miss out on what God has for you. And I guess this morning, I just want to talk to you and say, come on, let's be up for the fight. Stop letting the enemy push you around. Stop letting him bully you and tell you things about yourself and tell tell you things about your future and and rob and steal and kill and destroy all that God has for you. Let's be up for the fight. 
Let's re-plug in you know, to faith again this morning. Let's make sure that we understand that God has got great plans and purposes for us. Thank God for the past. Thank God for the decision that you've made to follow Jesus. Thank God for all of those things that have happened in your past. But today, God has things for you. Today, let's be aware of what God wants to do. Let's activate our faith. Let's supercharge our faith today. There is a fight. And we have to make the decision, are we up for it or not? Are we going to be part of this fight? Are we going to activate our faith? I love in Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, when it's talking about the whole armor of God, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand." To stand your ground, to stop being bullied by the enemy, to stop letting those thoughts of negativity steal away, those doubts, those things that can sometimes creep into our minds, to actually stand up and say, you know what? I am not me, I am not stepping backwards. I'm stepping into all that God has for me. God has plans and purposes for your life. But we need to activate our faith to believe that, to stand in that. To say, you know what, I am going to step forward. I am up for the fight. The fight of faith. It's not just the thing that we just sit and observe. It's something we are actively in. And you've been given faith. You've made the decision to follow Jesus. And working that out and living that out is such an important element and part of our lives as we serve Jesus. So the fight of faith. I want to talk this morning out of Numbers chapter 13 and 14, which is a passage of Scripture where it's, it's, it's talking about the Israelites going to uh, step into their promised land. And now God had spoken over the Israelites and promised them that there is a land for them that He had set apart for them to inherit to be able to raise their children and their children's children. And there's this beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. And there's this land that was set aside for them. And so what happens is Moses says, I'm going to send out 12 spies to go and spy out this land, go and see what the enemies are there and go and see whether it's really this incredible land that we've been spoken about. And so he sends out these 12 spies and they go and have a look at all the land and 10 of them come back with this negative report. They come back talking about, yes, it's a beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. It's, it's beautiful. The produce is great. They bring back some of the fruit and they show the people. But then they say, but this land has all of these giants. They have fortified cities. They have all of these things that are going to be hard for us to be able to take this land. But there was two people that came back with a different report, Caleb and Joshua. And it says in the scripture that they had a different spirit. They came back with faith and they said, yes, it's true. There is giants in the land. Yes, it's true. There is obstacles and battles to fight. But this is a beautiful land. It's bountiful. It has incredible produce. It is made for us. This is the promised land God has given us. And these people that are in the land right now, they're helpless prey because God is with us. And they come back with faith, believing it. 
But all these negative 10 spies spread through to all the people this fear of what had taken place. And therefore what happens is from that moment they decide not to enter into the promised land. And they start to try and withdraw from it. They start to try and find another way around it. And what happens from that point is they actually go into the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years of marching around in the wilderness, missing out on the promised land that really, to be honest with you, when you look at it, was a 10-day journey from where they were to where they needed to go. 10 days it should have taken them to get in that promised land, but it took them 40 years of going around in circles in the wilderness and they missed out on all that God had for them. And it made me think about us for our lives. We have faith in God, we trust God, but are we actively living our faith day to day, understanding that there is promised land in front of us? I thank God for the fights that people have had so that we could be where we are today. I thank God for this building. I thank God for the men and women of faith over the years that have stood up and have been up for the fight, that have had a backbone and said, you know what? We are going to fight for the future. We're going to fight for the generations to come. I thank God for that because we are living in the blessing of those battles today. But we've got some fights for the next generation. We've got some fights for the land that's ahead of us, for the promised land, for expanding, for the extensions that God has for us. We have that fight. And we have to say to ourselves, am I up for that fight? Everyone personally this morning, we've got to ask ourselves that question, are we up for the fight? So the enemy can push you around. He can tell you things. He can cause negativity to be around you. But are you up personally for that fight of faith? Three things the fight of faith involves I want to speak about this morning. The first one is this, number one, blessings and battles. Blessings and and battles. In this passage, when we look at it, it says here in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, this was their report to Moses. It says, We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it indeed is a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, and they show that fruit. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebuites, and the Kutmanites, and the Satlerites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. All they could see was the obstacles that were there. But the truth of the matter is that there was both blessings in the land, and there was battles to subdue the land. And it's the same when it comes to the fight of faith for our future. The truth is that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we've made that decision to follow Jesus, we had the blessing and the hope of knowing Jesus. There are blessings ahead for you, but I'm not going to lie to you this morning. There are battles ahead of you as well. There are battles of faith that are happening along the journey as well. There is both blessings and battles that happen at the same time. See, if we go back to 2,000 years ago, we look at the early church and we see the church that was forming in Ephesus and Philippi and Rome and we see what it was like 2,000 years ago to be a believer, very different to 21st century Australia. The people that would follow Jesus, it was not uncommon for them to be persecuted and for them to be in poverty. 
their decision to follow Jesus led to usually those two things, persecution and poverty. They weren't the people that were uh, prestigious in the community. They were the ones that were discarded. They were the ones that were persecuted and put down and mocked for their faith. We see today the incredible impact of the faith of these people to be in the fight and to say, you know what? We do believe in Jesus. And if it means persecution, if it means poverty, if it means being shamed in our community, we're standing up for our faith. They were up for the fight. And we benefit from the blessing of that today. They knew the blessing of knowing God and the hope of Jesus, but they also knew the battles that were really there. And it's the same for us. I mean, we don't even really know what persecution is in 21st century Australia for, uh, for Christians. But one thing that we do need to understand is there is battles along the way. There are moments of challenge. There are moments where our faith is tested, blessing and battles. See, unity is a blessing, but it's also a battle. Unity is something that you have to fight for. It's an incredible blessing. The, the Bible says that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. But it's something you have to fight for. It doesn't just happen. Guarding your heart is a blessing. But gee, it's a battle. People say things and it hurts. And you can pretend it doesn't hurt, but it does hurt. It can get on the inside of you. People do things that can hurt you. And it's, it's painful. We know the blessing of having a guarded heart and protecting your heart, but it's still a battle. It's a challenge to be able to say, you know what? 